You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with my other co-host, Clifford D. Pine. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good to hear. Happy belated uh, Canada Day to you. And to you as well, and to all of our listeners as well, even the ones who aren't necessarily Canadian, but still celebrate it nonetheless. Exactly. exactly. Like Tanner Marsh. Oh, exactly. My our our, our fr- friend of the show, Tanner Marsh, uh, was uh, representing all the way down in Texas, oh. rocking a uh, Montreal Police T-shirt with his Canadian girlfriend. So that's uh, that's very cool. So Tanner, uh, we salute you, and uh, we wish you, of course, a very happy belated Canada Day. That's right. That's right. Um, and did you do anything special for Canada Day? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, you know, try to take it easy as much as I could, and uh, yeah, uh, in an. Ironic twist of fate, I ended up uh, at a Mexican joint in La Salle, to, uh, or sorry, in Verdun, and I figured, well, what better way to celebrate Canada's birthday than by eating Mexican food? Yeah, I saw, <laughs> your, I saw your tweet there. That was, uh, I was like, okay, why not? Why not? <laughs> Listen, I, I eat plenty of Putsin and Tim Hortons and uh, butter tarts to, to last me. I, my, my, I don't have to prove my Canadianity to anybody. Butter Is that tarts. even a word? Butter tarts. With, yeah. with or without the pecan. Uh, well, I'm not. A, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't discriminate. I will have with or without pecans, but no raisins. That's disgusting. Uh, now, I will discriminate only pecans. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, listen. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not going to say no to pecans, but I, if there's just plain butter tarts, I will not say no to those either. It's like me. Going, it's like me going into a proving. I was like, yes, I want. I want a. Uh, I want a cherry pie. And it's like, what do you mean? There's only strawberry and rhubarb. <laughs> Exactly. Like <laughs> silly. Um, it was a uh, bye week to forget, and I guess we we would love to forget it. Um, a game after bye week. Um, <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yeah, that was that was yeah yes. It's putting it mildly. Um, but we're going to lead with something else first that actually is broken since uh, right before we uh, right before the show began. Uh, it was reported in multiple locations, including a story by Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette, that Clifford Stark and his self-imposed deadline to the league, uh, he withdraws his intent to purchase the Alouettes. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, to quote, he says, uh, my partners and I firmly still believe that we have created the ideal ownership structure, offer, executive team, and strategy, he said. And that, was, that was at 5 p.m. today, as of we're taping, which is July 2nd, 2019. Uh, what's your what's your thought on this, Cliff? Well, it's disappointing because uh, he definitely sounded like he had uh, all of his ducks in a row. He definitely sounded like he was interested in being a part of the Alouettes and implementing a plan that will definitely lead to long-term success for this club for years to come. And to find that this uh, self-imposed deadline has come and gone and nary a word from the league or anything like that. I mean, from what we know anyways, uh, it's, it's it's disappointing, especially too because uh, Stark had actually gotten uh, – Former Montreal Alouette uh, running back Eric Lapointe involved as part of his group. Uh, Lapointe and his people were looking to buy the Alouettes at one point, but then they withdrew interest. But somehow Clifford Stark was able to convince Lapointe to come on board, I don't know, as a consultant or possibly to oversee things, like to actually handle the day to day running of the team, I guess, from a football operations perspective. I mean, that that in, its, that in and of itself was definitely a coup. And the fact now that this is not going to happen is definitely disappointing because I think LaPointe still would have made a great contribution to this ownership potential ownership group. And now it's, I, I guess we're back to square one as far as uh, who will eventually own the Montreal Alouettes. Besides the CFL, um, you know, currently, you know, the, the league has notified and it's come up from them all so that the league has been uh, has been negotiating with Peter and uh, Jeff Lenkov. Uh, they grew up in Shamity and they currently live in California. Uh, one is a uh, Hollywood producer writer while the other is a certified 
NHL player agent doesn't mean he's. He, I don't think. I, I actually said. I think I actually saw that he hasn't. He's not really. He's not representing anybody, but he's certified player agent. Um, I, we were talking about this off air before the beginning of the show, and yes, we. You know, my my, my thought exact immediately went to well, is this because they don't trust where his money, where where Stark's money has come from? Um, I mean, yes, uh, you know, uh, marijuana. Cannabis is legal in Canada now. Um, do you think the CFL is trying to? Do you think their reasoning is because it's he's made quite a bit of his money? Uh, I guess within the basically by growing pot and selling it to everybody else. I mean, do you think that's? I mean, this is just so weird. <laughs> it just it just seems so ridiculous. But do you think that could be the case? I mean. God forbid that would be the one thing that they don't want that they don't want uh, the new owner to, to where he made his money from. Well, quite frankly, like what business of it of the Canadian Football League is uh, where this guy is making his money from? I mean, to me, like if I'm here to sell a product, if I'm here to sell a football team to an ownership group, I mean, provided it's not like illegal and yes unfortunately for you know some of these do-gooders or whatnot uh, cannabis is definitely legal in canada so this guy is making his money in perhaps not the most traditional way but what difference does it make it's not like uh, it's, it's not like he's trying to as, as far as i know uh, foist his product onto people so what difference doesn't make like if a whole bunch of people want to buy cannabis related products from him and he wants to make a buttload of money from it in the process and then use that money to buy the Montreal Alouettes like who cares I mean of, of all the things like well, like guess what the Molson family owns the Montreal Canadiens they peddle beer which causes I don't know drunk driving alcoholism uh, cirrhosis of the liver uh, you know name any one of the awful things that alcohol does and you know what no one said boo about that as far as I know so uh, to me, it would be a, if that's the reason why the uh, the Stark ownership group was uh, told essentially thanks but no thanks. That would be incredibly narrow minded of Randy Ambrosi and the Canadian Football League. I again, we we still haven't found out officially from the league their perspective on this uh, ownership group withdrawing their interest. But and they if that we know, they won't comment. We know they won't comment. I mean, it's already been clear that Ambrosi is like, you know. I'm not going to comment on this type of thing. So no, and again, the, the the cone of silence, which has always been surrounding the island of Montreal when it comes to the Montreal Alouettes, uh, seems to have now extended all the way to Toronto, where the CFL offices are. So, <sighs> boy, I I don't even know what to say at this point. I, it just, I mean, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> I mean, how much money has this new this other group put towards it? I mean, it was. It was clear that the Stark Group had, had committed $35 million. You know, they show proof of funds. Uh, it's very possible Larry Smith would have been back in, uh, back into the mix somehow within this new ownership group. You know, you, as you said, you had Eric LaPointe. I mean, it's... I I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's it just it, it's just so... Just get a deal. I understand there's due diligence, da-da-da-da-da. But come on, man. <laughs> I don't get. It. I mean, it can't be anything due. So, you know, uh, you know, the Wetnalls lived in New England. Uh, yes, I understand Stark. He himself, I don't think, lives in Canada anymore. But you know, he has his, you know, his ties to Cote St. Luke. This other group is in L.A. I don't. I, I actually, it's funny. I actually felt that I had more more faith in Stark and uh, and in uh, Mister Guzzo than I did in this other group. And. You know, I think who was it that made the joke? I think it was Herb Jarkowski on, on Twitter today. After it came out, said uh, uh, how how much time until um, you know Guza was back into the mix? You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, stranger things have happened, and it may come down to no, that, one that, of those. That, that's a group. That's a uh, that's a, a show on Netflix that doesn't exist. Oh. <laughs> I would take a Demi Gorgon any day. He's going to be our next starting quarterback. <laughs> I bet you there's a reference can, right now, and nobody can, knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> can, can, can they can they can they read a defense? <laughs> uh, no, they just remember the way they they're going. The Democrats are just going. You know what? Hey, maybe the you know what? Maybe we are in the underground. Uh, the sorry, upside, the down. upside down. The upside down. Maybe we are in the upside down, and that this is what we're living in right now. It would certainly explain a lot. Oh, jeez. That... Yes. God, where where where's Eleven when he need her? She's not on the field. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's not no. on the field yet. Oh man, I I just don't know. What to, I just don't know what to say. I mean, yes, I want to get a new ownership group in, but this is just so frustrating. But then and again, it's yeah. When you have a league owning them, and anyways, I'll stop there before I say. I, yeah, I, 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 just it, say. It, I, I definitely appreciate and can understand your frustration too. It's it, it's it's maddening too because people again, it, it just comes back to well, I mean. People are going to mock the Alouettes no matter what they do, no matter who the owner is, no matter what. So, I mean, it's just you just have to sit and take your lumps. And hopefully when it's all when it's all said and done, when all the smoke is cleared, there'll be a good, solid ownership group in place. And they'll make the moves that need to be done as far as really whatever it takes at this point now to just get the stink of failure off of this football team. Because every time you think you wash it off, it just keeps – coming back and it it's just not fun losing is not fun uh being associated with failure is not fun yeah no i know I, and i'll just we'll, we'll finish up this this topic with this quote that came from the story today from Stu cow and currently there isn't a competitive offer that would combine both a solid business understanding and a canadian football related acumen as my proposed offer our deadline for action from the cfl has expired as too has the lifespan of our intent to purchase man yeah and just like that he gone well again <laughs> like 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 herb said <laughs> wait till tomorrow to see who else comes back in and who's not whatever um we you have to talk about unfortunately we do have to talk about the game this week i mean there were there were some some there were some good things about this game but just way too many negatives for this uh, for this return from the Alouettes uh, of on uh, from this bye week. Um, you know the first the first quarter Cliff started off very very well. It really really did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know no I don't think anybody expected for this game to be scoreless after one quarter. Nobody expected this game to be scoreless, especially how you know what uh, what Hamilton had done a week prior to uh, to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think everybody was expecting that to happen too. They were expecting a repeat performance from the Thai Cats to just, you know, wail on the Alouettes and just post another fifty-point deficit on on them. But uh, lo and behold, it didn't happen. I mean, they certainly wailed on the Alouettes, but not to not 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 to that degree, at least. No, no, not not to that good. At least uh, not at the very beginning. I mean, it's um, you know the big problem was is that you know the. Uh, the you know, the Alouettes could not get anything done. It's funny. They led in most of the categories you think that you would need to, to, to lead in to win a game. Nope. <laughs> that, that wasn't the case, my friend, was it? No, they led in time of possession again. They led the turnover battle again. Uh-huh. Problem is, they didn't do anything with it. They couldn't turn those opportunities into points. They couldn't turn – they turned very, very, very few opportunities into points. And against a team like Hamilton, you're just not going to beat them by hanging around and hoping that they, 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 they make mistakes on their own. I mean, yes, uh, Jeremiah Masoli turning the ball over three times. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's tough. I mean, and more often than not, when your star quarterback turns over the ball three times, you're likely going to lose the game. But it, it didn't happen in, in Edmonton, and it sure as hell didn't happen in Hamilton. And it, it, it's baffling. Just you, you're, you're basically being given gifts. I mean, your defense is doing its job. They're creating opportunities, and you do absolutely nothing with those opportunities. That's what it's happened. frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the Alouettes, the Alouettes had an extra 13 minutes of time of possession. That's unheard. That, that's, that's crazy. And to lose. And to lose like basically like they did, as you said. The, the, the offense just was inept. You know, we were expecting big things from, uh, you know, from a change in quarterback because of an injury. Uh, it, just, uh, it just seemed that it just from game to game, it just it wasn't what we were expecting from from the offense, you know. And, and not everything goes on to onto Vernon Adams. It means a combination of everything. So um, again, and also the defense, you know, you give up 526 yards. Second game in a row that the Alouettes have given up over 400 yards passing. Unbelievable. It, it, and again, that's not to say that uh, Trevor Harris and Jeremiah Mazzoli are not good quarterbacks. They are very good quarterbacks, but holy smokes, like <clears throat> we know what kind of studs this team has on defense. And yes, 
as I said, they, they can make some plays happen, but the rest of the time, it feels like they're just chasing their own tail and just letting teams literally run over them. I mean, Brandon Banks was slicing and dicing through this defense like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. It was, like They couldn't even stop him. They could barely touch him. You think it was two-hand touch the way they were, quote-unquote, tackling. Oh, yeah, tackling. It was pathetic. It was horrible, this game, which is absolutely brutal. Really oh my god like i i don't necessarily want to call people out on the carpet but my god like especially the the 30 yard touchdown scamper that banks had guys were like just putting a trying to put a hand on him. like i'm telling you it's not touch football it's not flag football you gotta put your both your arms around the guy and bring him to the ground and they couldn't even do that it was also there's there just no effort speedy, like speedy bees though has been known to do this for, for some reason <clears throat> for some reason He's just always done this versus the Alouettes. Always done this, and it just—it's—it's—it's mine. You you would think, with all the changes that we've had in 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 defensive coordinators, no matter who it's been, you know, it's just always uh, frustrating. It's always just been frustrating. No, there was a time when Brendan Banks would just torch you in on special teams, like as a as a kick and punt returner. But no, this 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 past game, he he did it through the air. Like he he had well over 150 yards passing or receiving yards uh, it was unbelievable and just again he was able to make plays happen and just made the Alouettes defense look look like clowns like they, they, they couldn't catch a cold let alone Brandon Branks yeah uh Vernon Adams for the game he was 14 to 24 173 yards one TD one interception um Matt Schultz came in later to mop up I guess we could say he was six of eight 64 yards uh, Vernon Abs did his did what he needed to do with his ru- with his feet though. I mean, he had forty one yards rushing. Uh, Stan- William Stambick did, had a good had a had a good night too. He had seventy eight yards, a six uh, uh, six yard average per rush. Um, uh, for, leading receiver for the Alouettes was B J Cunningham. I mean, ninety three yards on ten targets, eight receptions. Uh, other than that, I mean, everybody else was was right at thirty or below. You know, Ryder Ryder Stone Stambeck. Uh, Jake, Jake, it's Jake Winnicky, right? Winnicky, yes. Okay, pronouncing it properly, yay. Uh, Devere Posey, I mean, it's, it, you know, Winnicky had the only touchdown. And a gorgeous, by the way, gorgeous touchdown. What a pass by Vernon Adams. Oh, yeah, he he, it was a, he had it on a rope and found Winnicky, and he was able to muscle in to get that first, uh, first CFL touchdown. So congratulations, Jake. Uh, great effort there. Uh, it's just too bad we couldn't have seen more of it. And it's kind of funny, too, that uh, Winnicky got the touchdown because he had a surefire catch from Adams, and he just dropped it, like just flat out dropped it. So uh, you knew that was that had been weighing on his mind a little bit just to, oh, you got to get that one back. And to his to his credit, Vernon Adams, you know, he's he, if he sees an opportunity, he's going to make something happen. And sure enough, when Eki got open and was able to uh, just basically rumble in for the touchdown at that point. So definitely a nice little throw and a nice little catch and, uh, you know, catch and run. And there you go. At least uh, at least we scored a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. It really was nice. One of the few positives. Uh, again, we mentioned before, Jeremiah Mazzoli, 25 of 31, 417 yards, three interceptions, one touchdown. Um, rushing wise, uh, we pretty much held them in check. I mean, except for uh, Sean Thomas Erlinson. By the way, everybody's talked about this. How did the Owls not even notice this guy? How did they? How did they not pick him up in the draft? Considering where he where he played his his his, his, his uh, university ball. Well, let's not forget too. The Alouettes at one point had uh, I think when Thomas Erlington was being drafted, they had Tyrell Sutton and Brandon Rutley in the lineup. Mm-hmm. As well as J.C. Bollier, I mean, like you had some. The last thing Montreal needed at that particular point was a running back. But yes, I can understand why most people would be like, "What the hell?" There is a running back in Montreal, born in well, not born in there, but uh, grew up in Montreal, went to the University of Montreal, and you don't draft him. Yeah. Like I understand why a lot of people would be up in arms over that. And Hamilton, of course, is just benefiting greatly from what a stud this guy is because he's he, he, he the past two games he's played like a man possessed, mm-hmm. and I, I I won't go so far as to say he was probably motivated by not being picked by the Alouettes because apparently growing up he wasn't even an Alouettes fan. He didn't start playing football until he was thirteen, so it's not like he had this you know lifelong dream to play football in the Canadian Football League and then play for the Montreal Alouettes. But still, he 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 just came in and he did work and. I, I can understand why a lot of fans would probably be like pissed off at the Alouettes for not even thinking about drafting this guy. But take a, just take a look at back then when Erlington was draft eligible. 
look at the guys we had. Like, the, like running back was definitely not a concern at that point. Yeah. So yeah. I, I understand the frustration. And like I said, our, our, our Montreal's loss is Hamilton's gain, obviously, because now they found a way to make this guy work. And, uh, I mean, kudos to them. And kudos to Sean Thomas Erlington because he played a hell of a game this past Friday. Yep, we had uh, Hamilton had three receivers over 100 yards, two over 120 each. Brandon Banks uh, had 152. Uh, uh, Erlington had 102, and that was, by the way, five targets, five catches. And yeah. then uh, Braylon and Addison, uh, 11 targets, eight eight receptions, 121 yards. Oh man, <laughs> it, it ah man. I, I mean, it's it just seems like anything that. I don't know. I don't. I really don't want this to become a broken record again. Because you know, I we both you and I have so we have high hopes for this team. It's just that things uh, and you think everything is going to look good, and then all of a sudden, nope. <laughs> that, that seems that seems to be the case. It, it's like I said uh, in the most recent edition of the alternative. Uh, this great quote by Mike Tyson: "Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face." And that's really, truly what happened to the Montreal West. They just got straight up punched in the face by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, obviously, they were the, the big difference is that they were able to come back versus uh, Edmonton and show something once uh, uh, once Adams was under center. But it just it, it does not look good this week. I mean, uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, as you said before, the, before we started, you know, he, he did, and if you can give a paraphrase to what he said, because Adams, Adams owned, uh, owned to it. You know, no excuses at all, right? No, uh, apparently in the, the post game uh, addressing the team afterwards, uh, he he stood up and said, "This game is on me." He he took the he was willing to fall on the sword and say, you know, he he went so far even to apologize to all of his teammates, saying, "I'm going to be better. I this loss is on me." And it, it actually took uh, head coach Carr Jones for him to come in and say, "Listen, this is not." completely on Vernon like everybody this was a team effort to lose this game and it's true like the <laughs> I mean yes yeah, so Adams does definitely have to shoulder some of the uh, he made, some of the decisions he made were not the best ones and uh, you know he's got to he's got to own up to that as a starting quarterback but you take a look at the overall product and there's more than enough fingers to point and more than enough blame to go around as to what happened this past Friday it's it's definitely not all on Vernon Adams. We got to get to, uh, we mentioned before, we got to get to at least a couple of the positives for this. Um, you know, as we mentioned before, Jeremiah, Jeremiah has only had three, three picks and two of them went to uh, a guy that we've interviewed, a guy that I've seen play for quite a while. Um, he, he got his first start of the year. Greg Reed, man, two picks and they weren't just something, something picks. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were good interceptions. And, it was probably one of the few bright spots of the team uh, last week. Absolutely. Friend, uh, again, once again, friend of the show, Greg Reed, uh, just went in. There's something about him being in Hamilton that he always seems to step up because last year during the team's season finale in Hamilton, that's where he first got uh, got noticed. Like that's what he had a, a great pick that helped lead the Alouettes to one of their five wins last season mm-hmm. in Hamilton. Uh, then he comes in, he, he gets the starting role due to injuries, and uh, man, he, he balled out. The, the guy went, as you said, a couple of picks. Uh, uh, as close to a perfect game as you can get, except for the fact he did have this one uh, yeah. defensive pass interference penalty, which was weak because, yes, there was a little bit of hand fighting, but that's supposed to be allowed. But I guess uh, if uh, the referees feel like throwing a flag on you, then they certainly will. Saw, but I thought I saw the, the actual replay from another angle where he was tugging on the jersey slightly. I, again, it's you, 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 you and I both know they, if there's any tugging of a jersey, they're going to call it immediately unless they're blind. I mean, again, it, it's again, it's always up to the referee's discretion. I mean, you always see a little bit of back and forth, and I, I guess it's it, it's only illegal if you get caught, right? So I think, unfortunately, Greg may have just well, he may have just well, been t- well to your point though. Kahari could have tried to challenge it. Could have, but uh, well, and again, you you have to trust that the spotters up upstairs saw it. And pro, again, maybe like I said maybe it's just our the angle that we got versus what they have uh, available to them at the stadium just was a it's a big difference. But again, it is what it is. But right. uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, 
that was probably the one big mistake that Reed made, but he more than made up for it with, as you said, a couple of beautiful interceptions off Jeremiah Masoli. Uh, really, truly, like that, was, like, that should have been the, the stuff that really sparked this team. But unfortunately, nothing really came of that. So it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, at least once again, people are going to learn the name Greg Reed. And uh, hopefully this just leads to bigger and better things for this yeah. uh, exciting young man from Florida State University. One of the pluses, too, I think this week. I mean, yes, even though the Al- this is another thing, too, by the way, even though the Al- you know the Alex had 13 more minutes time of possession, Cliff, they still had less plays. <laughs> it just it boggles my mind 67 67 to 60 at least they were closer in this one but oh my come on dude yeah i mean yeah. um also as we're seem to be noticing at least as of late i mean a couple games early in the year um we talked about it with greg reed the the penalties penalties are uh, seem to be an issue also for this team going uh, at least for, through the first two weeks i mean they had 12 this past week for 100 yards hamilton only had six um mm-hmm. you know I, I guess some things do need to has to stop somewhere right yeah and uh, it's kind of funny too because uh, one of those one of those 12 penalties actually led to uh, it was it was actually during the uh, alouette's field goal attempt uh, boris Bidet had to make a 46 yard field goal mm-hmm. just to put some points on the board for the alouettes but uh, it really should have been a I think it's a 36-yard field goal, but uh, once again, penalties, just uh, people not paying attention to what they're doing and where they're going, but uh, you know, just so thankfully, Bidet's got, still got a, a pretty strong leg, and uh, to, to his credit, he, he even with this uh, little hiccup in, or speed bump uh, along the way, he still went and he still put it right down Main Street, so. Yep, yep, and uh, even though he did that, there was, you know, the Alouette still made a Made a little bit of a choice this way, a chain, uh, a roster change this week, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, I guess we, we we usually do this when we decided to go ahead and bring this back. I mean, as we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we're going to have at least to give what our our grades are when it comes to offense and defense for the for the team versus uh, versus Hamilton this week. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Cliff, what would you what would you give the offense? As a grade, D. Simple. The uh, he only scored ten points. I mean, Christ. Yeah, ten, yeah, ten, the the yeah. Rough Riders, who just finally won their first game this week, they managed to put at least seventeen on the board against the, these same Tiger Cats. And again, with you know, with uh, with the thought that Adams now being under center, how the team responded to him in relief of Antonio Pipkin in Edmonton, you'd think that a lot more things would work. But again, we were just seeing the same old, same old from the Salowitz team. Again, is just uh, no chemistry with the receivers. Uh, uh, just an absolutely porous O-line. I mean, Vernon Adams was sacked six times. I mean, every, anyone who wants to blame Vernon Adams, fine, I get it. I understand. And as, a, as I said, he's not without fault for this game. But holy Moses, like how how the hell are you supposed to do anything when your O-line just lets the defenders run right by them and sack the quarterback? Yeah. yeah. It's just not going to happen. Like you got to, like, again, yeah. Uh, credit where credit's due. Adams, for the most part, Played a pretty good game, other than a few decisions here and there that I'm, I, I guarantee he wants back. But it, it almost felt like he was playing two teams. He was playing the Tiger Cats and playing against this Alouette's O-line, which just looked absolutely atrocious. I know they're a young group. I know there's – it takes time to gel, but this is, I mean, just unacceptable. There, there's just no other way to put it. I, I you, you can only use the youth excuse for so long. And the, the the lack of experience and all that stuff. At the end of the day, that's that's on the team to take care of that. Uh, when you go out in free agency, like it was great to, that they went and they added some very very good weapons. But surely there must have been another besides Spencer Wilson. There there should have been another uh, potential O line uh, experienced uh, offensive lineman that they could have went out and gotten. Because I mean this this was just awful like just absolutely awful like tom brady would look like garbage in front of this or behind this o-line yeah um i i would uh you know with the, the time of possession that they had and all the chances that they had and uh i'm i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna actually i'm gonna give them a d minus I'm, I'm i can't give them an f i would love to give them an f but i think they there were some positives so, you know, there were some so at least i had to be a little 
you know, can't, I know, can't get any much closer. I'm sure people are saying, can't get much closer to an F there, Capper. Um, how about the off? Uh, how about the defense? Defense, I, I'm sorry, I have to. Despite the fact that they they turned the ball over three times, or the they caused three turnovers, I should say. Uh, despite that amazing goal line stand by Hinak Mwamba. Beauty, beauty. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I mean, that that, that should have been... Momentum right there. Yep. That should have been your TSN turning point as far as how the Alouettes won this game was because you know what? They saw what Hinock did. They saw him, him and that defense stand right up and deny the Tiger Cats three times. Even turn the ball over for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh if that doesn't light a fire under your ass, I don't know what will. And sure enough, it did absolutely sweet F all yeah. as far as getting and maintaining momentum. Because, yeah, it took them into halftime, but then they came out flat as a board yeah. still. It, 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 it was just, just awful. So despite all of that... This, this defense just looked absolutely terrible. And again, they got shredded for 400-plus yards passing, 526 yards of total offense against this this defense. More than 1,000 in two games. That, that alone is just completely 100% unacceptable. And I don't care. At this point, everybody gets blamed. If, if this were hockey, everybody on that defense, with the exception of Reed and Mwamba, would be doing wind sprints. Yeah, that's that's how I would look at it. Coaches, too, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm sorry that that, that there, there's no excuse for such a, an uninspired performance. So, yeah, with with despite despite Henoch and Greg's and, and Tommy Campbell, too, because he also had a, a yeah. pick despite all of their efforts. I, I, I can't in good conscience go any more. Than an F with this with this defensive core. Wow, I, I was going to say I felt that the with those positives, you know, the with the Owls having the time of possession more than you know thirteen minutes more, I felt it was yes, it was on the defense too, but you know, the positives that the that the there are more positives in my in my opinion than there were negatives on the defensive side of the ball. I would I would I'm going to it's not much a difference, but I would give them a D versus the D minus for the offense. You know, uh, you have to give something for what Henock did and what uh, Greg Reed and what Tommy Campbell did. You, you got to give him something. Um, you know, well, and uh, again, that's, thir- that's thir- probably why I did, that's why I didn't go F minus because yeah. of those guys. But yeah. I'm sorry, like 41 points is just inexcusable. Hey, if I, if we wanted, we could just gone easy. We could just, we could give him, you know, give him the worst grade besides an F. We could just give him an incomplete. Because so far through two games, it really has been, you know, game one was better, obviously, because they scored more points and they were able to, uh, even with the change of quarterback, we could easily give them an incomplete this game. But, you know, it's uh, giving them, you know, anything, you know, F or D or whatever, I think it means means more than just an incomplete because it's like, you know, uh, giving somebody an incomplete is is like saying, it's like you're being Switzerland. You're being, you know, you're you're abstaining from the vote, which is what we're not going to, which is what we're not going to do. Um, I wanted to ask you, by the way, you were speaking of, of F off and stuff like that. What, what, what was your what was your thought with Hamilton continuously going for two point converts? Because I was at that point where I was saying, telling them F off. Well, again, as far as gamesmanship goes, was it uh, tacky? Maybe a little bit. But I mean, I mean there, there is for Christ's sake. Come on. What was the point? Well, I don't understand what the point was. Yes, I understand it. it's a it's a uh, it's a divisional game. But come on, man. Really? Well, it maybe comes down to that, and also too. I mean, statistically, you are better off going for two. If you talk to uh, uh, Derek Taylor from uh, the Sports Cage, and now now the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, he's done the he's crunched the numbers on his uh, uh, you know on the show. I mean, statistically, you're better off going for two as opposed to trying to kick a field goal. So I, I think uh, you you've seen how the Ottawa Red Blacks have had uh, good success more often. I say three times out of four successfully going for the two-point conversion so i'm guessing hamilton must now want to follow suit yeah. i don't think it was i don't think it was necessary to show up the alouettes because i don't think at this point you really have to show up the alouettes yeah. I, I just think it was just more just playing the percentages more than anything else and statistically yeah your your, your best bet is to always go for two yeah these stats it's almost so even i mean first downs uh man and it's so tough we got and we got hamilton coming back into town on thursday for the home opener 
So yes, we do. It's a home and home series. Right, but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, we want to talk about a little bit more about some news that that came across the wire that we want to at least mention too. Um, out of nowhere, the Alouettes surprised us, uh, telling us that uh, this coming home game for uh, for the Alouettes uh, versus Hamilton, uh, the home opener, uh, is going to be LBJ's last game as an Al. What uh, that I, t- I know I, we told a story. You might as well go ahead and tell it again. We we're saying off uh, off air, but this to me was completely came out of nowhere. Well, it's it was a surprise and not a surprise at the same time because uh, I, I spoke with Luke a couple of times uh, throughout uh, training camp, and I kind of jokingly said to him, uh, "So uh, is this, is this going to be the last ride for you?" And he kind of looked at me like, mm, "Yeah, yeah, it is." So I, I think you kind of wanted to do the whole farewell tour thing. And believe me, if anyone deserves to go out on their own merits, uh, you know, basically call their own shot. It's definitely someone like Luke Bredard Jardin. Uh, but I'm a little surprised because he didn't play the first two games uh, because of reasons. Uh, healthy, but I think there's healthy a scratch. healthy scratch. Yes. And uh, he was actually uh, working in the spotters booth uh, in Hamilton uh, and Edmonton sort of helping out with the uh, offensive game plan and help, helping that uh, roll out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess he must have decided after training camp, uh, you know what, this is uh, this is the end of the line for me. So and I guess, you're, okay, well, one last chance to play in Montreal, play for the only team he's ever played for, say one last goodbye to, to the fans before he rides off into the sunset. Uh, a little earlier expected. I honestly, th- it sounded to me like he was gung ho and ready to go for one more full season. And I, again, if we got that one more full season, I would have been more than happy, but again, completely understand how he, he must be feeling. I think, uh, He's he's been through he's been through a lot, especially the past few years with injuries and just everything that's gone on around this team. I, 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 it'll definitely age you. And I I mean he's thirty six, but he's he's a young thirty six. I mean that's that's the thing. But offensive lineman too, especially from what he's gone through over the years, I, I definitely think a lot's gotten to him. And uh, you know what? Is if this is a, how he feels like this is the time to to, to call the career then. Who are we to say no, really? And believe me, he definitely deserves a chance to go out on his own terms. As I said, play that last game, get the hopefully get a win out of it. So maybe leave uh, leave the stadium with his head held high, knowing that he did everything he could to try and make this team better, uh, leave it in better situation than what he found it. Uh, I mean, that's again, we'll have we'll definitely have lots more to say, and hopefully we can get Luke onto the podcast and have him talk about his illustrious career because he's seen a lot in twelve years. Mm-hmm. And from from being the the quote unquote Mr. Irrelevant yeah. of the CFL draft, I was just about to mention that the CFL's version of Mr. Irrelevant. Yep. Yeah, all the way to winning two great cups with the team back to back, and just being a warrior for those 12, 12 seasons. I mean, believe me, if. They don't come much better than Luke Bredard Jodet. I can tell you that right now. He's just a great player on the field and an even better person off the field. If you've had a chance to meet him and just talk with him, the guy is just a, a football mind. He he just lives and breathes the sport and just a great part of the community as well. I mean, I, I, I could sit here for hours and talk about what a wonderful person LBJ is, but uh, I, I'm just hopeful that, you know, he plays this last game in front of his, uh, his friends, friends and family and all the fans here in Montreal. It would just be nice if he can just walk away with a W, like yeah. just to, to end the career. But, yeah. you know, sports doesn't always work out that way. No. But uh, and I don't know what's going to happen if he's just going to take some time for himself or if he does come back to the team in another capacity or I'm not. I'm not sure what his plans are at this point. But uh, I think uh, no matter what, uh, I think there always has to be a spot for LBJ in this organization. Oh, yeah, and sure. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this or- I'm pretty sure they, they understand and appreciate just what he has done for this city and for this team. And I just want to make sure the Alouettes recognize and appreciate that and Whatever Luke wants to do from this point forward, I don't think anyone's going to have to say boo to him at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's he's definitely earned everything he's gotten. Exactly. It'll be his hun- uh, it, the game on Thursday will be his hundred and sixty eighth game as an Alouette. Um, so hey, it, it, he'll be in you, you know he'll be in uniform. So it'll be it'll it'll be nice to nice to see him and uh, hopefully yeah i said hopefully to get a win that's that's the big thing in my opinion you know on your last game you hope to get a big win uh, get a win in your final game um 
I wanted to know what your opinion was on the uh, on the Vernon Adams. I don't know. I didn't hear much about it except for what we saw on TV. The Vernon Adams arm issue. What what was your what did you hear or did you heard anything more about what? Was there an issue? Because I heard it started pregame and it was some, has something to do with the arm. And then obviously then with Schiltz coming in, because, you know, during the game, they, they seem to be working on it a little bit. What was your what was your, your what, what did you see and what did you hear anything on, on what it was with the arm versus Hamilton? I haven't heard a whole much, a whole lot, really, to be honest with you. Uh, again, I, like you, I was definitely concerned when you see the athletic trainers come over and you, you just looked like he has a bit of discomfort on his face and then they see, you see them actually start working on him. And then the fact that he didn't even come out right away to start the second half, that's obviously going to be a huge concern. Uh, again, I'm hoping it's nothing major because I mean, having one starting quarterback go down to injury is bad, but to have the other one would not be ideal. So I'm, I'm hoping that all it is is just a, a temporary blip uh, as far as the, uh, a potential injury or, or any sort of health problems go with uh, Vernon because uh, I, I definitely want to see him come out this Thursday and redeem himself as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things, especially with his throwing arm. Like the, when you see a athletic trainer start massaging those muscles, it's uh, yeah. it's it's always a cause for concern. Maybe it may, it may just been treatment. It may just been well, they said, a little well, stiffness. I, said, or, I think they did say during the game that it had started pregame. Uh, if I remember correctly, so and I, I thought it was a injury at first because you know he got sacked and one of the things, and that's when he was, I think that's when he was rubbing the arm and stuff like that, and that's when we really noticed it, and that's when they really started talking about it. So uh, I, I hope everything's okay. I do, you know, because we all we and, and nothing against our other quarterback, but still we need some some stability. This is this is, does that does not have to be twenty eighteen all over again. So uh, no, and I, I I don't think it would necessarily be a case of. I think no matter who the starting quarterback is for the Alouettes, they're going to ride them out through thick and thin, whoever it is, whether it's Pipkin, Adams, Schultz, what have you. It's that's who if if that's the guy that's under center, then that's going to be the guy until something happens. If he gets injured, because you're right, this team cannot afford the quarterback clown car anymore. It's it's gotten far beyond. It stopped being funny a long, long time ago. As you said, stability is key right now for this Alouettes team is they've got to be able to trust who's behind center. And even the quarterback has got to be able to trust the people around him as well. So, I mean, it's all going to work together. And the only way that's going to work and the only way you're going to build that chemistry is by going there day in and day out and just doing it. You just got to lump through those hard times and enjoy the good times. I mean, that's that's really how this team is going to build itself back up again. So, I mean, injuries, you cannot avoid them. But, I mean, if you're going to start panicking every time the guy throws a pick or if he hurries a pass or does something that you don't like, then you're in trouble. Like, you're in Big trouble. And I think Harry Jones, a former quarterback himself, who's been through a few different teams and been through a few different systems as far as offense goes, I think he realizes and appreciates the importance of sticking it out through thick and thin. So as far as I'm concerned, I think as long as he's healthy, as long as there's no major injury issues, I think Adams will be the quarterback until he's not. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. Uh, what's your? Uh, it seems to be almost a uh, an every off year thing when it comes to the Alouettes signing a, a name or a, another a named quarterback. That, uh, sorry, kicker that we know of, or signing one that just comes in that way, that is going to to go up. Basically, I guess try to get Boris Bede's uh, head right when it comes to kicking. But the uh, the Alouettes did just that this past week, and I don't I don't know if it was really a kind of surprise to me or not. But uh, what, what was your thought? On uh, on the Al Sanica Krapinyak to the uh, uh, to the uh, practice roster. Mm. Well, uh, again, as far as uh, Boris goes, his uh, his kicking. I mean, as far as his field goal kicking, that seems to be fine. A few of his punts have been a little wobbly, and I don't know if it's, it, it's just one of those things where he just seems to play a little bit better when there's a little bit of competition, when there's a little bit of a fire lit under him, and. As of right now, the only other kicker in the lineup, well, there's actually not in the lineup, but just on the roster is uh, Enrique Yeni, who's on the practice roster. And if they're signing other kickers, that tells me that maybe Yeni's progress isn't quite where it's supposed to be. I mean, it is a bit of an adjustment uh, from having to kick in Mexico versus kicking in Canada. So I guess they're just not wanting to rush this guy along just for the sake of, hey, we're starting one of our global players again. 
kind of thing. So in which case your best bet at that point is to go out and uh, bring in a, an experienced kicker, which Tyler Crepinia is. I uh, played in Calgary and in uh, Saskatchewan and had uh, relatively good success. Uh, he was in Argos training camp this season, but was let go. Right. So he was just sitting by the phone, staying ready. And sure enough, uh, I guess after two games uh, or Bede's looked okay, but not impressive, or at least not where I guess the team feels he should be. I guess best, at that point, the best thing to do is, hey, let's let's get a little competition going. Let's uh, bring someone in to, uh, as I said, light a fire underneath uh, Boris's butt. And sure enough, uh, Tyler Caprinia will do that. And from all accounts, it sounds like he's very excited to be in Montreal. So whether or not he'll, he'll dress uh, the, for this game or next, only time will tell. But uh, at least now we do actually now have a bit of a kicking battle going on here in Montreal. Yeah, as I said, sometimes it works. You know, sometimes it hasn't. That one time where, where he was, uh, he was put on the oh, well, I guess he was suspended list, or he was he was held out, or whatever. He was put on the injured list for whatever reason. I think it was for an X amount of games. How many years ago was that, by the way? Um, but, Two or three years ago. Yeah, but but it seemed to help. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see if this. You know, we're only this is three games in where this is already occurring. <laughs> Okay, I, I you know Kahari I guess has has his reasons, so I guess like you know I guess we will we will find out and and, and see. So any other? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of any other before we get to the any owls news that we, can, that you can think of before we talk about this game. Uh, well, we seem to have covered most of it. Uh, uh, what did you think of uh, Brandon Bridge uh, dressing and uh, wearing the number two as a quarterback? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah my my the only thought i had was well it didn't work out so great for the last guy who wore number two but uh oh, let's see if let's, right. see if, <laughs> let's see if brandon can shake off that uh, bad juju that seems to be associated with that number now <laughs> right brandon football um yeah brandon football um what was it something else i just thought about it when, okay okay um so the the game Dun dun dun. Uh, let's start off with the bad thing. It's funny. We I was very surprised with the what the line was last week. I'm even. Uh, I'm not even. You know what? I'm not surprised this week. Hamilton is favored by twelve and a half points, according to Five Dimes. Wow, for a home opener. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it seems awfully low. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm like, oh, good lord. Um, home opener. Yeah, it's it's flat out disrespect, but let's let's call it what it is. I mean, when you lose forty one to ten to that same opponent, like not even six days, oh, in the span of six days, yeah. what do you expect? It's yeah. I mean, I guess one of the few positives is that the uh, over the last what is this four over the last ten home games, the Alouettes are six and four uh, home openers. They're they are six and four. I mean, they've lost their last. Uh, four of uh, seven coming into this year. But, I mean, they, they they seem to be putting, you know, last year's home opener was an utter farce. We all remember that one versus Winnipeg. Yep. What a oh, joke. What a joke. Welcome, Johnny Football. Um, so, uh, John Football. <laughs> John Football. This this is the latest that the Alouettes have held their home opener since 20, uh, 2010 where they held it in the fourth week of the season. This will be in the, the Owls, only their Owls' third game. They are coming off of a, a, a back-to-back. Uh, they are game under 500 when it comes to back-to-backs since 2002. I think that's what it was, 2010. I go back and I think it's 2010. Um, so, yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this, dude. Well, they'll have the new blue uniforms to wear. Hey, oh, that, they're eight four. They're eight and four versus Hamilton in home openers. Ooh, okay. And they've won three straight. All right. Well, that's that's positive. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's something. They they seem to have scored points. <laughs> points are good. <laughs> points are good. Uh, yes, they will be wearing their their new blue unis. I'm very interested to see those. Uh, the only time that we saw them was at the launch back in February. Yep. But now we'll get to see them in a game situation, so we'll see just how that looks, especially in front of the hometown crowd. Mm-hmm. What, what, what they, I, I don't even know who's going to – Oh, it's Thursday night football, so I don't remember. Who the heck is, who the heck is playing? 
See, that's the thing. Oh. We're, we're, you notice, by the way, we're staying a tol- totally away from the game itself and looking at other things that we can talk about. So they can go, oh, don't, for- don't forget those fourth quarter tickets, by the way. <laughs> those are still a thing. Yeah, unfortunately. Those are still a thing. I'm curious to know what the I'm curious to know what the what the stadium is going to look like with those four sections that have been closed for this season. If they're going to be tarped off or if they're going to be open, so does, you know, if there's nothing going to be on them. That I'm mm-hmm. cur- that I'm curious to know about. Cause yeah, definitely cur- curious to see that as well. Because they, they, I guess they can determine what uh, um, if they're going to use ads. They could, yeah, that'd be a good place to put ads. I mean, it will be a good place to put ads. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Zach Zoya. That's the dude's name. Zach Zoya. I cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, they have a a little bit of a s- snippet on YouTube. But what do you know? What I think I might be able to play this, and it will it will be caught up by the mic. Let's see what this guy sounds like real quickly. Here. Don't wanna. Hello, I'm gonna give me a crib in Detroit. Hey. Label color contract kudo LeBro. Hey. If you hadn't been briefed, you will soon know LeBro. I'm on a parliament hill, chilling with liberals, liberals. Okay. Yeah, so that's what he sounds like. <laughs> oh, well, wow. I mean, it, folks, if, if you haven't already, why aren't you getting your tickets? Yeah, I, uh, another hip-hop it just seems, that's, it seems to be the thing. I mean, I, you know, isn't is there somebody else? I mean, <laughs> did the Alice in the Supper does the league set these things up for these Thursday night concerts? Oh, uh, it's got to be league related, and I'm pretty sure the idea is to promote local towns where you wherever you can. But wowzers! I mean, I mean again, I'm, I'm not expect, I'm not expecting them to go out and get Arcade Fire or Half Moon Run for uh, if you're looking for a, like a Montreal band that rocks or something like that. But uh, ho- holy geez, like 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 this 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 insistence that Montreal is like the hip hop community or something. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, listen, I mean, if we're, if we're up to me, Our Lady Peace would play pretty much any concert to do with the CFL. So I'm probably not the best person to ask as far as judging musical talent goes. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. There, there, there's definitely some options out there as far as what you can do as far as Montreal-based music goes. And I guess that's what they go with is some hip-hop dude. So, all right, whatever. I mean... Listen, what was the last time you went to an Alouettes game to check out the halftime act, Tim, to be, to be honest with you? Uh, when the kids are playing. Playing football. There you go. Yeah. I will so, stay in my seat and watch them because I love watching that. Because, look, because I, I, I know they can score. So That's true. That's true. They, there's actually offense and defense sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there is also going to be uh, some, um, some former Alouettes alumni there. As I mentioned to you in the last show, there is going to be the uh, the Wall of Fame ceremony prior to the uh, during the uh, in the stadium during the, uh, the the tailgate over in the beer section uh, over in the beer garden as they're calling it. Uh, but they're saying it's going to be Etienne Boulet will be there, Benoit Gagnon, Kevin Raphael, uh, Rosalind Fillion. Uh, I I okay I know. Uh, two of those names. <laughs> sorry, I've been out with season ticket for that long, and I'm sorry. I don't know some of the other names. Yeah, I don't I know really any don't. of them either. Uh, I, I mean, okay, I, obviously we know who Etienne Boulet is, yeah, but yeah. Uh, everything else, I'm 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 drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, okay, N- nothing against you guys, but I'm like, okay. Uh, I want to give a shout out and, and a plug, by the way, to Cam and the guys over at the Alouettes Boutique because there's going to be a limited edition cap. I don't know if you saw this clip. There's going to be a limited edition cap that they're going to be that they're going to be selling. It's a uh, only of a, a, a one of a hundred caps that are going to be there. It's going to be a, a snapback uh, with a uh, with the Owls uh, uh, Rondell logo. You know the full you know, Montreal Alouettes and the actual and the new logo itself. But it's also, and you, you and I remember seeing this uh, with the little tchotchkes. I guess we could call them the little pins. Remember the stuff that was shown on some of the on the merch that we saw at the at the launch. That's right. Yeah, the, the one, if you go to the if you go to the Alowitz website and go into the section, you know, re, uh, five reasons to go to the home opener. Um, it shows uh, it shows what it's going to be, and, and this will include this limited edition cap. Will also include a pin, oh. as, uh, a, a, a limited edition pin, and that's. Uh, that that will be coming. I remember. I said, I remember. I remember seeing some of this. So, um, 
I, I reached out to Cam and he wasn't sure what the pricing was going to be because, again, it is a limited edition cap. And if you only made 100 of them, um, it makes me – I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe it will be similar to the prices of the of the launch day caps with the special patch that was at the at the new launch. So I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing. So Well, only one way to find out is to get your tickets and go to the game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so – um, do the Owls score more than 20 points? I'm going to say yes. You know why? Because now they've seen what the Tiger Cats have to offer. Like, right. they, they've been through it. They know what's coming. As far as the defense goes, I have to believe in six days you will have picked up something, anything, uh, at least enough to to show up and not look completely like a deer in the headlights. I mean, so do, I think, do, you, do you dare double cover Speedy B? Or is that really leaving you open to, uh, to Mazzoli going to somebody else? It's definitely going to leave him. But, I mean, you ha- I said this the last game, and I'm going to say it again. You have to contain Brandon Banks. Look what he did. He posted 150-plus yards on your ass. Of course you have to double, triple, quadruple cover this guy because <laughs> love him or hate him. And, man, he runs his mouth, but, boy, does he ever back it up. And he will do this again and you just gotta you gotta find a way to silence this guy you gotta you gotta take him out of his game completely so if that means you gotta put two guys on him and yes that might leave um, braylon nadison or if he's playing luke tasker wide open yeah, that's true too. Yeah. so 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 be it but i mean like brandon banks has torched this team time and time again and he will continue to do so so yeah, you, uh, I, I can't overstate enough just how important it is to just get this guy under control because he, he's dangerous. Brandon Banks is absolutely one hundred percent dangerous. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if our if our offense can can play well, as I said, it's uh, I, I think if they outscore tw- uh, twenty plus points, I do think that they have a chance at winning this game. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but they've got to cut down. The Alouettes need to at least cut down the passing yards by at least 150 yards. Uh, that would be a huge plus. And if the defense can play, but and again, if you're given 13 extra minutes on on offense, take advantage of it. You have to score. No, no more. Mm-hmm. No more of this two and out garbage. No, and I'd like to see Standback and Stone get a lot more. Ground, ground game, get this ground game going. Like, get those guys involved because they had some pretty nice runs, and you know what they can do. So let's, well, you've got to find a way to get this incorporated in the offense. I mean, especially too, if Vernon Adams is just running for his life because his O line is just like Swiss cheese, so full of holes. Find a way to get like just get some like dump plays going, a uh, couple of quick uh, hitch hitches, something like just do something to spark some sort of offense because. You, you know what Hamilton is coming. You've seen what they've done so far. Like, go back to the tape. It's there. And just see what they've done. See what just what they brought. Like Their front seven was just completely in Adam's kitchen all night long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, getting sacked six times. He, and he's not getting sacked. And he's running for his life. And he's just having to panic and make uh, make some bad throws. I mean, that's that's what the, what, what the target has did to Vernon Adams. That's what they have to do to Masoli as far as – if you're going to make this game somewhat competitive and re- uh, avoid a repeat performance of what we saw last Friday, yeah. then the defense has to completely tighten up and this offense has to start thinking outside the box a little bit more. I mean, Adams is definitely a smart enough quarterback that he can figure out. And if he can do that and he can make it work. Yeah. I think the always could definitely score more than 20 points in this game. Will they win? Who knows? But I, I think offensively, this team can be better, and they have to be better. Yeah. There, there's, there's no two ways about it. No, I, I agree with you on that one. I agree. I, I think, I think the, the biggest question, though, that everybody's wondering about this game, Cliff, is will you be picking up the white or the blue jersey that says Cliffy D on the back? Oh man! Like, <laughs> like I, I, gosh, I don't know. Like, I, know, I, I know you're not. Re- I know you're not really a game worn guy. I, I love game worn jerseys, especially when they fit me, when they fit me properly. But I will probably the thing is I still get to decide what I'm going to put on the back of my jersey. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get the get the blue one first, but I still have to decide what I want to put on the back. I mean, do I go with the maybe on the away one? I'll go I'll go with the lunatic because you know God forbid he's already shown up twice thanks to you in, in this episode. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much for my uh, no, you know, try to keep the cursing down, but I guess. 
I, I, I guess it happens. But I guess we'll see. Uh, like I said, because those white uniforms are very clean. They got a really sharp look. Really but, are. I mean, we're, 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 I'm probably going to be at more home games than away games this year. I think that's a, a pretty safe bet. So, And traditionally, I have usually gone for the home jersey first and then gone out and gotten the road jersey. So... I don't know. This, this, this may be a game time decision, folks. <laughs> uh, the white jersey. <laughs> um, CFL stuff, real quick. I wanted to talk to you about before we, before we finish up the show. And before, actually, before I do that, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media. There are places that you can find us. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Alouettes FL Deck. You can also head over to our Facebook page uh, to search for Alouettes Flight Deck. Uh, if you want to follow myself, that would be at Repack, R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And if you want to follow Cliffy, that would be over to, at Cliffy D. And if you want to listen to the archive of, a, of uh, Alouette's Flight Deck, I almost did it again, uh, the Alouette's Flight Deck, uh, head over to www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca or head over to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Uh, what I wanted to ask you about... Well, two things, and you brought it up first. Um, did uh, did Gainer, the uh, mascot for the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, did uh, did he take a page from uh, from Touche's uh, uh, plastic surgeon? <laughs> oh my God! I, I, the, that's the only logical explanation. Either that, or meth all of a sudden has become the thing to do out in Saskatchewan. Besides watching wheat grow. <laughs> my word that is some scary stuff it also, I mean, didn't, help, it also didn't help that the that the riders took that one picture of gainer and continuously zoomed in on it oh in my one post my. i was like what are you doing and, and just and not that gainer was you know he's i don't know he was a mascot i guess and, and you know how cfl fans are so reluctant to change yeah. And this was like, especially Saskatchewan, like, like you got people still rocking like jerseys from like the nineties for crying out loud, because, you know, whether it's their favorite player or literally that's all they could afford was that one Jersey back in the day, like Ryder fans don't seem to respond well to change. And this was, this was asking a lot, like the, the this brand new looking gainer, like, Holy Moses, like uh-huh. that's, that was some nightmare fuel right there. Like, jeez. Yeah, and and the, the reaction online has just been nothing short of hilarious. I mean, you got people making polls, like making, a, what do you call it, petitions to go back to the old gainer. And people literally up in arms over a mascot. Like, wow. I mean, uh, I love Rider Nation. I, I, I love their passion. I love how they they stand up for their team through thick and thin and all that. But, my God, it's a mascot. Like, yeah. this is, I mean, to, 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 to react in this way is laughable. But at the same time, like, the team had to, uh, uh, the, like, what decided, what prompted this? Like, that's know. what well, I really like, want to know. It was like the one when they did with Touche. But, they, you know, when Touche came out, I swear it was all, you know, molded plastic and stuff like that. And we know the, the guy who, you know, the, you know, whoever does Touche does do some weird things with his head and you really don't want to poke out an eye so i think they ended up having to change it and making it more of a a soft plushy type of thing rather than just a uh who knows i'm sure there was you know what we'll have to ask gainer i don't know if we can understand what he says but i guess we'll have to ask gainer and uh and you know see that maybe maybe you know what uh maybe it was a family issue at home maybe it was uh you know uh, he's at that age where you know, he just felt he needed a little bit of a change. I don't know. I don't know. I guess as you get older, you know, you, you start doubting yourself. You start doubting your looks. And you thought, okay, maybe it's time to stay hip and cool with the kids, and this is the way to do it. But or, or what, is wow. that thing, what is the thing that they say when you get at a certain age, you, you buy a car to bring back your youth? What is, what is that? You uh, A midlife crisis? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe he's going through a midlife crisis. Maybe. maybe. I guess. Uh, how long do gophers live anyways? Maybe that's, oh, that's what we got to ask. I don't know. Hey, hey, Google, how long do gophers live? Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing that is just CFO related, and we'll finish up, is and something that I, n- neither you nor I knew. I ended up looking it up in the uh, I ended up looking it up in the rule book, but it it's not there. So it has to be a uh, a rule within the bylaws of the CFL. Uh, but the game that was played last uh, that was played yesterday uh, between Toronto and Saskatchewan. 
because of the uh, you know prairie storm, here they come. You don't think anything else, but here come these pra- these these uh, these crazy brutal prairie storms. And then uh, the game was delayed for how long? Was it? It was. Uh, it was still in the second quarter. They were up by twenty five at the time. Saskatchewan was up by twenty five, and it was more than was it more than two hours? Yeah, just a little over two hours, I believe. Yeah, and then one thing they that the that the TSN broadcast brought up was this. I guess this obscure. I guess I would I would have to call it obscure. This rule that if a game is in the second quarter, it is delayed. If there was a weather delay of more than three hours, or sorry, three hours, and a team is up by seventeen, they can call the game, and it would be a final yep. score. That's right. I'd never heard of this. I didn't even know it existed because we've had come on, we've had NFL games. Well, no, that it was split. The the Long Live the Night Bowl last year was split up into into two. I think this is a consecutive three hours. I think the the game in was it a game in Miami last last year? I think they had a long delay where it ended up. Uh, it started at one and it ended ended up finishing up at like seven thirty eight o'clock because of the weather delays in Miami. Uh, I'd never heard of this rule before. No, I guess we never really had to exercise it because, yes, we've certainly had our, our fair share of weather delays, especially I, I still remember going to that uh, first game in 2016 in Winnipeg, and there was a weather delay. I think it was only for about an hour and a half at the most, but uh, so I guess we've never had to even worry about just how long of this of delay it could be, but uh, – and – yeah, it, it, this was definitely uncharted territory. And yes, for them to actually mention that they've now reached the point, like especially the, the point differential being what it is, where they were game-wise, and just the possibility that this weather delay could go a lot longer than what was originally anticipated, right. then, yeah, I guess they, they have to sort of invoke. At some point, you do have to sort of say, listen, for what do you want to call it, player safety or for yeah. spectator safety or yeah. what have you, at this point, we're just going to, Call it a game. Obviously, this team is up by X number of points. Then they've clearly won the game. So it's it's definitely unusual. It's definitely something I I didn't know was in existence either. But uh, yeah, we we learn learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. From as they put it on social media, from the files of you learn something new every day type of thing. So yeah, um, I, I actually don't even know where your where are your seats on Thursday. Oh, I'm in our usual section. Oh, okay. Okay, because I didn't know what you were going to do. Because you sometimes you get the you get the game to game. Sometimes you don't. I didn't know what you were doing. If you're getting a, a package, if you're getting a, a four game, five game package, I didn't know what you were doing. So that's why I'm asking. And if you know if anybody else is coming, they'll know too. So you know, if well, they, that's if it. They that's... happen want to stalk you. Well, or if they want to come see us and you know take selfies and autographs, we're we're not above that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to say hi to the Alouettes Flight Deck crew, folks, uh, you're you're definitely welcome to. We 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 love to sit and. Chat about football and all that good stuff. So, exactly, yeah, exactly. don't be shy. Come don't, say hi. Don't be shy. <laughs> come say hi. That's our new slogan. Don't be shy. Come say hi. Yeah. All right. Well, again, we're hoping for the best this week. Um, we will be back next week to talk about uh, what happened uh, during the home opener and hopefully have some positive news. Um, but until then, be safe. We will talk to you guys later. And, and uh, well, I'm sure we'll see uh, quite a few of you on Thursday night at the home opener. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.